Tech Fan number nine. Probably the most contentious episode you're going to hear this year. Starring me, Tim Robertson, David Cohen, and Owen Rubin. Hey everyone, Tim Robertson, host of Tech Fan for MyMac.com. I'm joined today by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello again. And Owen Rubin. Hey, Owen. Hi. Good. Hello. Fun uh, to be here again. It's fun to have you here again, man. So we skipped a week, David. We did. Um, things things happened. Things happened. You know, I I knew you weren't going to be on last week's show. Of course, it was no last week's show, but. Uh, still and all the same, I, I knew you weren't going to be there, and I was prepared to do a show. But you know, one thing came away is, yeah, I'll just skip it this week. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to take a week off. So that's right. Um, I thought uh, a really good subject, and we'll get into it here in a few minutes. But I thought a good subject would be the role of government in the internet and technology. I thought that would be an interesting subject, and that's kind of why I brought you in, Owen, as well, because I know you have an interest in that subject. So, Yeah, sometimes not intentionally. <laughs> yeah, well, that kind of goes along with the whole premise of what we'll talk about. Um, yeah, I, I, get hot, I get hot under the collar about some of the things I see government do and some things I see them not do, and this is a good place to talk about it. Absolutely. That's – and hey, we have the freedom to do so, and I, that's kind of the point. And, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. First of all, I know this is called Tech Fan, and I'm trying to draw in more of a non-Mac-using um, audience, not to exclude Macs or anything like that, just to kind of expand it. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm looking at the demographics. <laughs> it's, it's like 98% Mac users still, uh, probably because we're, you know, part of MyMac.com, and that's fine. I have no problem with that, but... Uh, just so those listening out there know, it's not just a Mac-focused podcast. Yeah, because I'm using a PC right now. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, that, Skype works better on the PC. It's got better better headphones and microphones. So That being said, I've got kind of a, a problem right now, and I've got Apple working on it, but here's my issue. See if either one of you have heard this before. Um, I use iTunes primarily on two different computers myself. Although I have, you know, the whole five, um, what is it? The authorized users of your iTunes content. Right, I've got right. I've got five computers, right? Two of them I use myself: the iMac at home, which is kind of the central repository of all my media content. If I buy something, I buy it on that machine usually. Uh, music, movies, TV shows, podcasts, what have you, and that's also where I sync my. Uh, various iPhones and the iPad and those things. That's exactly the way I do it. So now, go ahead. Yeah. The other place I use it is when I'm at work in Chicago working for Mac Specialist. And I let's say I want to rent a movie uh, out of iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will usually log into my iTunes account at work, download what I want to watch at the hotel while I'm at work because the Wi-Fi sucks in the hotel. And if I try <laughs> to download a movie in the hotel, I might be able to watch it sometime in 2012. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I download it while I'm at work, go home, well, go home, go to the hotel and, and watch whatever I downloaded. Like last week, it was like Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I watched the new Aliens movie. Catching up on stuff I never saw at the movie theater. Um, okay. I really enjoyed Scott Pilgrim, by the way. It's it's out there, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, here's the issue that I had. Now, I have my iTunes account linked to my PayPal account. But I don't want to jump onto PayPal every time I want to rent something or buy something just to see what my PayPal balance is. So what I'll do is I'll buy iTunes gift cards and enter that into iTunes. And it tells you right there in the window how much money you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did that at home. I I got like a – I'm going to say a $50 gift certificate that I actually bought in iTunes through my PayPal account. Uh-huh. So it's it it's not costing me anything extra, uh, and it's still taking the money out of PayPal that I would have used anyways in iTunes. But it's just convenience. I could see exactly how much I've got right there. Yeah, and I bought fifty dollars worth of iTunes money, <laughs> if you will. Now I was on the road. I couldn't remember how much I had spent of that fifty dollars, so I bought another gift card. Uh oh, and applied it <laughs> on that computer that I had on the road with me. Now. I have my iTunes at home shows that I have like $13 and my laptop. Remember, this is the same iTunes account. My laptop says I have like $8. What? Exactly. It's it's like I entered a gift certificate in two different iTunes uh, or two different computers. Same account. I mean, I can even go to the, the... purchase history and it shows me identical on both computers but they show me different amounts of how much money i have in itunes they should have been combined and it doesn't look like they are but here's where it gets really weird i had a friend of mine gift me the beatles box set nice yeah yeah <laughs> love it i was like sweet so i click it in the email it opens in safari and then it jumps over to itunes which is kind of annoying, to be honest. Yeah. A- A- Apple controls the ecosystem. Why does it have to open Safari? Can't it just jump right to iTunes? That's kind of – anyways, that's neither here nor there. It jumps into iTunes. It asks me for my iTunes password because it's you're going to buy something, basically. It's a gift, yeah. but you're going to buy right. some. So I enter my password. It thinks about it for a minute, and then it dumps me back to the front page of iTunes, and it never downloads anything. That's bizarre. Now, I've never seen that's, that. Well, I've only seen that, that once. That's on the laptop or is that on the home machine? Both. I tried it first on the iMac at the home machine. And I thought, well, you know, I've got this other weird problem going on that I've kind of ignored because it hasn't really been a big deal yet. So maybe I'll just try this on the laptop. So I fired up the laptop and tried it there. Same thing happens. Now, I know when you gift something, at the very end of the URL string that you could see in Safari is actually the code that someone purchased. So if you copy just that code, go to iTunes and click redeem, it's the same thing. Right. I even tried it both ways that way on is both it in the computers. downloads? Did you click on the downloads thing yep. to see if it's pending? Yeah, nothing. I even went to available downloads in the menu. Nothing. Does it sound, Does it, I, it sounds to me like... You know, with ten point one, there's been some glitches. I don't know. It's it's pretty odd. Well, yeah. just for grant, just for grins, I launched iTunes on my MacBook Pro, and I launched iTunes on Windows, and 
son of a gun if they don't have different value amounts in the. No, well, that I was going to say that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. But I I use a a US iTunes account um, to access US only content that I I fund using gift cards, and I've seen that before. My my Apple TV and my um, iTunes on my computer normally have different balances. Yeah, but the, you've got two so, different but, accounts, though, right? No, no, that, that's that's with the same account. They're both okay. using the both account, and and the problem is sometimes some um, I don't know what how that gets refreshed, but sometimes yes, it I've seen it, that. It's almost like they're yeah. not reconciling with each other. No, no, they're on the not. Server. They don't. They don't refresh properly. I've, I've seen exactly yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So I don't. Know, I don't know whether that's a front end problem, whether that's to do with the software on your Apple TV and your P on your on your Mac or whether that's a, a server problem where they go into different places that don't reconcile um, straight away. Um, so so that that in itself doesn't surprise me. The, the the problem with the gift card and with the I mean the, the the gift card just sounds like a processing error and the and also there sounds like there's something funky going on with ten point one with the um, with the gifting. Oh. oh this is interesting. So so I just noticed that iTunes doesn't I just had log- a heart attack. No, no, but <laughs> I iTunes thought somebody was attacking you. <laughs> I just learned iTunes doesn't log you in when you launch it. No. So if you click no. on your name, if you click on your name and then type your password, the iTunes numbers reconcile immediately. Yes, but I try that too. So now both of mine have the same value because I logged them both in. Yep, I tried that as well at home, and it didn't help. Yeah. So what, so what Apple sure said? That- well, I sent a, re- a service request last night around... Um, 10 o'clock at night. So they haven't got back with me. They said 24 to 48 hours. But with this being an American holiday weekend, it might be before next week before I hear anything. So uh, I'm not holding my breath. I mean, I would love to get my oh, hands on the Beatles download. But yeah, I'm sure, they'll, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I mean, at the end of the day, they will have records of all the transactions. So it's just a case of amending right. the database to make sure it reflects those. I even so had Tim, the uh, person... Go ahead. I'm sorry. What happens when you type that account, that code in now? Does it say it's already been used? No, it doesn't do anything. So it, it doesn't crashes. recognize. It doesn't crash. It it just goes back to the iTunes front page. It, well, that's it, weird because you should get you should get either it's already it's not a valid code or it's they should get one of two messages. It's not a valid code or your purchase has been approved. Right. Not going back to the front page is just like David's saying. It sounds like it's just kind of crashing that part of it. The program. Have you tried it on a different? I know it's going to sound strange on a different machine. Yeah, I tried it on two different machines. What about wow. what about on your iPad? Haven't tried it on the iPad, um, but oh, I've got big, the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I've got the iPad pretty full right now. Um, I just bought the new Harry Potter Lego game for the iPad, and uh, yeah, I. I but the, the, the thing is, is that I would imagine. I would try it on your iPad because even if you can't, if you haven't got enough room to download it, your iTunes account should then register the Beatles purchase. Yeah, and but it's it a pain then... in the ass to try to re-download music from iTunes. You literally have to get their permission, don't yeah, you? Sure do. You can't no, just click no, it. Normally, normally once once you've once it's registered on their database as something you own. If you go and try and download it again, it will say, you already own this. Do you want to download no. it again? No, it will do that no. with apps. It will not apps, do that with yeah. music and movies. Not with music. Yeah, yeah. It won't, will it? No. No, music okay. is weird. Once you've downloaded you have to download it and keep it. It doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to see if the release date was set on this to set not to be out yet because the advertisement on TV made it sound like it will be released, not that it was released. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's... It's up there. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. I, obviously, I'll probably hear something by the time we record uh, another show next Friday, if that's good for you, David. 
Um, yeah. And I, I'm hoping they have it fixed by then. But it's it's just kind of these a nagging little thing. It's not. You know, Tim, oh, well, Tim, you say nagging try, little things. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not nearly two hundred dollars worth of content that you should be able yeah. to get. That you can't get at this point. So I even had the person who bought it for me send me his receipt to show that this wasn't some yeah. I, bogus sure Chinese code that he found on eBay. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll figure it out and fix it fairly quickly. Yes, yeah, so Tim. I was going to offer to try it free on my machine, but I just see the price is 149 dollars. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll pass. Yeah, I mean, I wanted it. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't. I don't think I was ever going to spend 150 dollars for the box set. To be honest, even though I knew I would love it, um, <coughs> so getting it as a gift is like perfect for me. <laughs> wow. Not that I'm a cheapskate. It's just eh, 150 dollars. Like. <sighs> Wow. Let's face it. Let's face it. If it doesn't get sorted out, you can go and find it on the torrent site with a, a clear conscience, knowing that somebody actually paid for it. Yeah. Well, there's a good point there too. Absolutely. Um, I, own all this, I own all the CDs. I'd be happy to lend them to you. I, you know, the thing is, I have almost all the Beatles stuff already. Um, most of it from CD. Uh, there was a couple that I actually converted from cassette tape. Uh, wow. Way, way back before. Uh, iTunes was even the thing. It was just I wanted an MP3 content or, or format, so I just I, I brought it in that way. So I don't know. It's well, it's odd. what a great le- what a great lead-in because let's talk about whether that's legal or not. <laughs> well, what is or what should and should not be the government's role? Let's start with because it really is two different topics there: the technology and. The internet, but what they ha- both have in common is how rapidly they change and evolve. Um, I was thinking about this earlier, and governments ran into the same problem when it came to the printing press. <clears throat> you know, three hundred years, well, two hundred years ago. Yeah. How do they keep the flow of information to a manageable level? Blah 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 blah. Uh, obviously, obviously, totalitarian governments and communist governments don't want a free press. Um, and how they dealt with it back in the day. But here's where the the similarities break down. Printing technology didn't change on a weekly basis the way both technology and the Internet does nowadays. It, It happens so fast, and as we all know, laws take forever to be enacted. So... What is the government's role in this ever-changing evolution of technology from media content, uh, consumption, and distribution to freedom of speech? Well, I I know what their role should be. I don't think this always happens. In my view, the role of government is to define uh, laws based on what they feel to be what are right and what are wrong. They have to define what is a criminal offence and what is acceptable behaviour. And then what they have to do is draft up laws that, um, in as broad a term as possible, define um, those behaviours in law so that the judiciary, the judges, can, um, when cases come up before them, can apply those laws to the, pe- to the circumstances they're presented with. Now, that's the way it should work, and that's the way it always used to work. Well, David, with one, ex- with one exception, that sometimes the judicial branch makes decisions that end up becoming laws. Well, that's interpretation of law. 
That is, they they don't do that. They don't do that without guidance. What they have to do, I and mean, that's that's the way the process works. The lawmakers define what should be right, what should be law, and then the judiciary has to interpret that law as the circumstances come up and decide what is right and what's wrong. And those obviously, the higher the court, the more binding that decision becomes. And obviously, you have common law as well, which basically is right. is a general acceptance of the judiciary of how a particular principle needs to be applied. But that's that, and that separation between law lawmaking uh, and law interpretation is a very very fundamentally important one in a democratic system because it should prevent politicians from um, using the law as a, as a political tool because the judiciary should be as much as possible independent from the people who actually uh, draft the law then that, that I mean that's the way I know that's kind of blurred a little bit in in the states because you have a supreme court who is who is a who are political appointees and political approved right. but certainly in the, in the UK that's that's kind of how our our constitutional system is set up. We have a, a House of Lords, which is our upper house, which kind of um, is the ultimate authority for law, uh, and they they ratify um, legal stuff that's approved by the lower house, our Parliament, and then we have an independent judiciary, our judges, who are um, not appointed by politicians, who basically apply and interpret the law. The difficulty we have is that is that in this technical non technological age, and this started you know probably in the the fifties, the sixties, something like that. We We've had people lobbying um, lawmakers, trying to get more specific laws drafted that apply to their particular business models, and also they've started trying to throw technology in. And I've always felt that very uncomfortable with this, because obviously those people are trying to get their particular view of the world put into law, rather than um, you know. They, I mean, if you look at copyright, for instance, copyright law should be independent of the medium by which. Um, copyrighted works are distributed. The principles should be the same no matter what type of distribution it is and they should be applied accordingly. Because of digital distribution though, the people who make content have been trying to get um, specific punishments for uh, transgressing in a digital domain put into law so that they um, feel that there's a bigger stick to go after people with. And I don't, I don't feel that's right. I agree. But here's the flip side of that, David. Those who are making the laws and those who are interpreting what those laws mean from the bench, many times when it comes to both the internet and technology, don't understand the technology or the internet itself. So how are they best suited to interpret the laws when they don't even understand the technology by which they're ruling on? Well, that sometimes they use experts. Yeah, sometimes. I put that, I put that, I put that word in quotes, by yeah. the way. Because the experts will be guided by their own political views. Right. So so now we get laws and whoever's doing that, stop, please. <laughs> Sorry. Whoever's making the laws and interpreting the laws, if they don't understand the technology, what happens? Do so we stifle innovation? I want to add to David's thought. Um, what's, what I think is really happening, especially in the States here, and I, and I seem, seems to think that the UK kind of follows – they follow each other in this, is that the the real problem here has been with the people who own the media, not with the government making the laws directly, because they're losing they're losing control over a medium all the way back to books that used to be printed or handheld, things they could sell, they were physical. So when you stole something, a physical book out of the book out of this bookstore, you or you ripped off a DVD from the store, there was a real loss. Okay? You know, that couldn't be sold again. 
what's happened is we've come to a point where if I make a digital copy of something you own, there's no physical loss. The thing could still be uh, still be sold again, and well, that's made a, that's yeah, made a real I mean, difficult problem of sell, of, yeah. of, fi- of of finding what the loss is because the loss yeah. is not the same, and that's been worse. Well, well that, yeah, difficult. there's a there's a difference between the, the physical value of something and the intellectual value of something. I I think agreed, you could agreed. I think you could make a, a, a you know a fairly convincing argument that, that a digital copy that's stolen of something actually um, devalues it intellectually in some way and so that is the that is the theft it's the intellectual um uh, spirit of the copyrighted work that's being stolen and and okay, again so i don't i don't i don't i don't have a problem with that of course ste- you know <laughs> stealing is stealing is stealing taking something that you're expected to pay for by not paying for it is stealing i mean that's a fairly simple principle that should apply in all of these cases the difficulty okay, we- comes so the difficulty comes in 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 um, in applying that in a technical domain, um, and also, of course, the what the slight fly in the ointment is the is the principle of fair use, where you actually should have a right to um, make use of of the thing you've bought in, in a fair way, instead of being stung for it over and over and again, which is, of course, what the media companies like to do. Well, let's before we get into fair use, you were going to disagree. There's something there, to, Owen. So the problem of uh, I agree with I agree 100 percent stealing is stealing. So the problem I've had though with the laws that have been passed recently and the way the the civil lawsuits, which which are a different interpretation of the law, saying well now I'm going to tell you how you injured me, is that is what the value of that loss is. I find it very difficult when a record company says, oh well you digitally downloaded a single copy of some song that has a dollar value and therefore we're going to sue you because we think we've lost $10,000 because we know you're going to do all this stuff with it. And this yeah. is where the law gets sticky for me. You know, if I if somebody comes to me and says, look, you copied, you copied the box set. Let's use that one. They lost $149 sale. Okay? So we can say Apple lost their 30%. We can say the, the Apple Records, how funny that that's happened now, mm-hmm. has actually um, lost their amount and say you have to pay that I, okay get it but now when they say but I, oh you owe you're going to owe $100,000 per song because now we know that you've digitally copied it you may share it and someone else may download it that is where I start to draw a line on this law being just incredibly wrong there, the law, there is no such laws secondly a lot of the people who steal digitally never intended to buy it in the first place well and, yeah that I understand that concept well, except just, here's the problem just, with that I never intended to buy this car, but I stole the car. I never would have okay. bought it, so it's not that Sorry. big of a crime because I wasn't going to steal my car. Yeah, that's right. Is, I was, yeah, I was never going to ask for a Rolls Royce, so I stole one. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't work, does it? No. Yeah, yes, it does. My point being is that the loss is not the, this $10,000 thing because what they, these media companies claim is because this person stole it, they, we lost the retail value of what they buy. And let me use, give you an example. When I was working in the cable TV business, if they found your house had hooked up illegal cable, okay, theft of service, what they would sue you for is the total amount of services if you had subscribed to everything. Yeah. Okay. Whether you watched those things or not, the mere fact that they were now available to you was their Mm. counted loss, except that if that person had subscribed, which many of them did when they got caught, they ended up buying basic service. So the loss is is calculated wrong. Unfortunately, the car is a bad example, Tim, because it's back to the physical item, which has a real loss value. Okay, how about electricity? 
Well, but when I use electricity, you can't use it. So that's also you're using it up. Think of things that are digitally copied, a digital copy of a book, a digital copy of a song. The, the loss is not the, is not the same because the company can still sell it. It has a different loss value. It's, it's still stealing. It still has to be recovered. But uh, I, the way the yeah. value is calculated is, has to be very different. But 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 that's you see this is where it's where it's come to we we all know and and the media companies have done this right from the beginning of you know right from um, unauthorized copies of books uh, if somebody ran off their own unauthorized print press version uh, right. when the Xerox machine came out and everything they have always tried to maximize their losses um, because they they want to introduce a, a punitive a, a, a punitive but also a, a disincentivizing element to these legal cases they want people to feel that the potential consequences of stealing this content um, are so high that uh, it will put people off doing it now I I, I, I think that's a that's a fallacious assumption because uh, as Tim <laughs> says, a lot of these people would never have bought this stuff anyway. So they're not going to buy it. They're not going to think twice about stealing it. And nobody ever thinks they're ever going to get caught. Because if they thought they, they would, if, if anybody ever thought they would get caught, they wouldn't kill, they wouldn't steal, they wouldn't um, commit fraud, they wouldn't do any of the uh, things that are illegal in, in any sure. country. Because nobody ever does that on the, on the assumption that they're going to get caught. Because uh, even, even in countries where you have the death penalty, you know, people still commit crimes because they never think they're going to get uh, Well, but there's also a temporary insanity, which you could apply here if you caught someone like downloading Eminem. It was just temporary insanity. I mean, it was. Uh, funnily enough, it's funny you should say. I used to know a guy. Um, this was this was at the early days of broadband, um, and he was a friend of ours. And he would uh, literally spend all day every day downloading movies. And he showed me his his kitchen cupboard that was full of burnt CDs of all these movies he'd downloaded. And he had hundreds of them there. And I said, "Do you ever watch any of these?" And he said, yeah. uh, "Oh well, no, I don't. I don't really." He was he was stealing. Because he could, and because it it obviously gave him some satisfaction actually downloading and burning that stuff, but he wasn't doing it because he really wanted to watch the content. It was just because it was there. Now I always thought that that was kind of insane. Um, in a in a in a, in a motivational sense, he did not have, and and I think this is where the, the media companies are getting again come on stuff. They they assume that anybody who uh, downloads their content. Um, without paying for it, is doing it with a pure, the evilest, malicious intent. They're gonna, they're gonna well, it's consume funny. it, it's funny. And, and they're gonna consume it, and then after they consumed it, they're gonna give it to other people and let them right. consume it. You know, and it and it has this whole kind of construct about about intent around it that, that to me isn't really real. And I wish in some <laughs> of these cases there was much more emphasis by the judiciary on proving the intent rather than necessarily proving the act because I have to admit so I I don't download it but I have I used to have I have like eight VCRs or used to have yeah. them and I, I was one of these people who recorded everything off TV and I and and then I lately I have moved them all to DVDs because they're take up a lot yeah. less space but I have dozens of TV shows and movies and stuff that I've recorded off that have been recorded using VCRs and then captured on using the Mac which someone would probably tell me is illegal now, uh, even though I'm not uh, selling them or, or downloading yeah, them. I'm pretty but sure that I, I agree pretty sure the, TV reason, industry, the TV industry's attitude for VCR is it's always been illegal. Always yeah. been illegal. But, but of course, yeah. there, there's, there's, there has been a case that said it wasn't. I, I'm just pointing out that there was this thing about me that just had to collect this stuff. 
And I don't even know. And so I'm going back to this temporary insanity. I, I have no reason why I have the whole series of Monk recorded off of the VCRs and put on to Especially now that you can watch it anytime streaming from Netflix or Hulu maybe, or... Maybe that will change things because I know I don't do that today. That, that whole... Well, there, that there's, whole, there's the next but, question. But this, will the streaming service yours, change it? Depends on how they charge for it. Well, right now they don't charge on Hulu. Well, the, in a way, you they, pay commercials, but yeah, so they do. so they you do pay indirectly. Them. Yeah, they I mean, do. There, there's a, there's another argument that they would make, and this was always the problem they had with VCR was that by recording a program and time shifting it so that you didn't watch the adverts, adverts you were stealing. Right. From them because you weren't they weren't getting the advertising eyeballs that they were expecting, you know it's it turns out I, again it, it come it all comes down to def- again defensive business model and I just wish yep. that corporations right across the world and it, it's not just media corporations it's everybody really yeah, absolutely would, ad- would adapt to <coughs> to changes in, the key. in consumer behaviour rather so than. Key trying to defend their position and say what you're doing, you know, they treat customers so badly, they say whatever we do is wrong. So David, the, the VCR is an interesting example. It always was illegal to record a tape and give it to someone else to view, okay? That, is, yeah. th- that was always against the law. The fair use standard that came out of that said you may record it for personal use. The, the thing is, if I recorded a tape, two things to consider. One, I could only give it to one person at a time. And if I made a copy, every copy got worse. Okay. Yeah. So, but now with digital distribution, if I record a copy for myself, I can lend it to 50 of my friends and it's exactly the same copy and then they can lend it to their friends and that's why they got upset with digital because each copy is as good as the first and yeah, it can proliferate like crazy. And how have they, how have they tr- how have they tried to respond to that? They've tried constantly, and, and we had an example of this a couple of weeks ago, Tim, when you were on the MyMac show, uh, when uh, when Alison put that question to Steve Jobs about HDCP. Um, basically, he, she she asked, um, this is Alison Sheridan, who, who runs an Oscillacast, she asked Steve Jobs at uh, All Things D why, if she bought a copy of Up um, and played it on her fully Apple end-to-end equipment, um, uh, if she bought it on DVD, uh, she couldn't pay the digital copy um, because it, it she had something that wasn't HDCP compliant. Not, on his, the not, his, not his fault. Well, he uh, that was that was his response. He was saying, "Well, that's the media company." Because she, she was being she was kind of trying to be cute because obviously he owns Pixar, right. who made that movie, and he's a right. shareholder at Disney. <laughs> but the point the point is is that is that you know this is he doesn't he, own Pixar by the way. No, he he's a well, yeah. He, he sold Pixar well, to Disney. Disney, Disney right. does, and he's <laughs> one of their largest yeah. shareholders. Uh, um, but the, largest. The, the HDC, the, just to answer that question, HDCP standard requires that all analog output absolutely. be turned off. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, and nothing he can do. He, if no, he has to do that, he has to take HDCP off. He has to take uh, HDMI right. off the computer. Right. But it's not this true with all point. digital uh, this, content. No, but the point is that the media industry has constantly tried to put these technical roadblocks in the way, and um, you know they did it with uh, the uh, the what was the thing they put to VCRs that kind of um, well there was corrupt- a couple of macro macrovision yeah there was a couple of things in there that tried to um, degrade VCRs to the point that you couldn't actually copy from one to the other, uh, and they, and they tried to. They tried to put the broadcast flag into TVs, and they've, right. you know, they've, they've, uh, they've had all sorts of, and we had DRM and all this. Sort of, they constantly tried to do this. They've done everything they can, and if they can try and get um, any of this stuff put into law, all the better. And they constantly tried to do, uh, to put these technical solutions into law to say that you must have. Well, they um, did. The, the Digital yeah. Millennium Copyright Act 
now specifically says, the one in 1996, that not only is it illegal to copy something that's digitally protected, but it's illegal to just own the ability to do it. So if I have a device, let's say I, I make or buy a device from wherever I get it from, that, let's go back to HTCP. The HTCP license says if I have an HDMI connector and the content says I'm HTCP protected, all analog has to be turned off anywhere in the stream. Okay? Yeah, but the, anywhere, the, anywhere it touches. So, but if I have a device, let's say I own a device, and I'll give you an example why I'm going to use this. I have a, an HD television set that only has component in. So my big HD projector that I bought, unfortunately before HDMI existed, will not now play Blu-ray because yeah. those outputs yeah. have to be turned off. Now, there is a device I can buy. I haven't bought it yet. I've been, I stare at it on the internet all the time that will actually strip the, the HDCP out and give me component out and I can play it on my, my big screen TV. Just the owning of that device violates the Digital Millennium Copyright Act and I can be fined some $50,000 just for point, owning it. The point is, is the, the, the real question when it comes to all this legislation is will you be fined for owning that device? If they find out, somehow they find out I bought it, To me, there's a fundamental flaw in, there in, the, in the media industry's approach to all of this. First of all, the publicity they get is awful. And yeah. all of these, you know, the Jeremy Russett Thomas trials and, you know, all the people they've taken to court and then all these scummy law firms who've been mass mailing people with no intention of ever prosecuting them to try and generate revenue. We've had one here in the UK. They had they, their um, and a journalist hacked their uh, their email system and sent, sent all the emails to WikiLeaks, which meant that everybody could wow. see some of the really shady practices they were up to. And it was clear they never intended to sue anybody. They are merely, they are, they have been doing this as a revenue generating um, firm and they, they share the revenue with the, with their clients. Um, you know, it's completely and utterly scummy. All of this stuff, it, it polarizes the public against the media companies and ultimately the media companies are then lobbying the lawmakers. It polarizes the public against the lawmakers and the lawmakers are elected. So the lawmakers kind of have a conflict of interest. They want the money from the media industry. They want the money for their campaigns, but ultimately they can't, they can't support a lobby that's going to lose them in an election. And the more this goes on and it's, I think we're, we're approaching a tipping point over the next five years or so where public opinion is, is, is now becoming so understanding of these issues and is starting to polarise against it because nobody in a free-thinking society is going to support and vote a law that disadvantages them and, and, and the only reason it disadvantages them is so it can make some company more money. So maybe they need to go back to the original law, the way they said, that if you copy for the intent of making a profit, it's illegal, Okay. Uh, which which solved a lot of problems. Now, that doesn't cover what if I copy Tim's thing and just use it myself, and they have to cover that. But this whole idea of going back to this little device I want to buy so that my $8,000 HD projector can work, that should never be illegal. If the media industry could come up with a video industry, could come up with technology that could uh, uh, DRM the photons from leaving the screen... Oh, yeah, between the screen your eyeballs they would do it if they could actually wipe your memory of the movie after you'd watched it so that you'd had to pay them to remember it they would do it because By the way, ultimate- we, we, we did create a technology for movie theaters that prevents people from recording it okay i was what part of a team that did that it yeah, has I've not been, it. it has not been implemented yet but it turns out to be incredibly trivial 
I've seen the, I've seen that technology know. in my I've seen that my technology in my local movie theater. It's called a big guy and called Bill, and he has no, a big. They, kind of it, stick. it turns out it was easy. You you just put you just put infrared emitters behind the screen, and the cameras just white out. But it's it's not cheap because you have to have a modulator. But anyway, the whole thing goes down to the fair use. We'll get back to that because you said Tim, that's where you're gonna go. Somehow, fair use has to be made the law that. I should have the right to use my media the way I want. And if that means I want to project it on my projector and I have to, and I have to break HDCP to do that, it's, I, I should be able to do that. But, but you live in a society thing. now, Owen, that to get on an airplane, you have to either A, uh, go through a machine so other people can see you completely naked, or B, let some big burly guy there fill you, you up. Yeah, just to test that, I, I mean, I, I asked to opt out yesterday going through the airport. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. At what point does the majority of the citizens of any country give up their civil liberties for either the profit of the music industry, the movie industry, or faux safety on an airline? Yeah, it seems to me more yeah. and more and more people are willing to give up their civil liberties nowadays than ever before. And we have the technologies we have the technology now that we shouldn't have to be giving up. We have the education and I I agree with you, Tim. I hate to jump on the TSA one. The TSA did run I hate to defend them because I cannot stand the way they run themselves. The TSA ran dozens and dozens and dozens of tests of of thousands and thousands of people sneaking stuff through TSA um you know, TSA at airports to see what they could get onto the other side. So they basically hired people to sneak stuff through, and the amount of stuff they were able to get through was astounding. Okay, but that's people still were, the yeah, that's still well, the same with so the technology. They, they an, hang on, they analyzed where it goes. So I worked with a company on one of those backscatters things. We did some of the security for it, so I know pretty well how they work. Um, so the problem was. How do you detect things in places that you really aren't going to pat someone down like the guy thing putting in his underwear, okay? People are going to find more and more creative ways. I can't wait till they start sticking it up orifices now to stick it on the plane. I guess if you really want to blow up a plane, you're, you, don't, you don't care what you do to yourself, right? Those machines – so let's attack two pieces. Those machines were designed originally not to ever show someone completely naked and they're being misused. So I have a problem with the TSA misusing them. The machines we worked on showed um, an actual photograph of the person, and they outlined the areas of concern in 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 hot blobs, and you could not see the person. Now they seem to run the raw feed back to some booth somewhere where two guys or two women or whoever is sitting in the back can see more than they should. However, I've seen those images. Yeah, believe me, 90% of the people who walk through the airport, I don't really care to see that way. So what we know they're not really having their jollies. It's probably pretty disgusting. And it isn't really very revealing. It's just sort of a, a blob, amorphous outline. However, they de- ran their same tests with the two new procedures, and they blocked almost all of the things that got through before. So it's helping at least the problem they envisioned. Yeah, the, Does it make yeah, me the, feel safer? Like, no, because no. Let's, let's face it. Uh, as soon as you define a, a parameter, then whoever's trying to breach that parameter just goes a different way. Come and on. Um, after they board sh- all the people on the plane, they stick all this ca- cargo underneath. It's none of it's been scanned. Okay, exactly. So, 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 why, so why am yeah. I going through this nonsense when they're sticking? But, but let's UPS let's let's yeah. But let's that. let's not let's not get too far down the TSA rat hole. But I think it's interesting you mention it, Tim, because. 
for me, um, the backlash over the backscatter um, X-ray machines is starting to demonstrate to me a, a public shift. I think for for ten years since nine eleven, we've had a an acceptance um, around the world that governments should be able to do what they do without too much public complaint because it's for our own good. I think now all of a sudden people are waking up to the fact that governments are abusing that position and actually governments don't should be much more accountable and should be uh, much more reflective of what people want them to do. And okay, I hope... But, but there's I an education that, problem here. Yeah, there is, David, but I hope, David, I hope that ultimately the, the um, backlash against TSA and that sort of thing is reflective of a wider view that's saying, let's not just accept what the politicians and the lobbyists tell us must happen. Let's actually question and, and, and query that and, and not just roll over and let them... That, that uh, was my point, David. Thoughts. That but was it's my based point. On false, but that backlash is based on false information. The amount, and, I, and I posted it somewhere. The amount of radiation you get from standing in front of a backscatter machine is below the amount of radiation you will receive from that's flying the, for it, two hours. It, it, that's yes, not even the, the point. The, fact, the, the, fact, the facts don't matter. The point is people don't feel comfortable with it. No, the facts do matter. People are being told that it's like getting an X-ray in the doctor's office, and you're getting six of them. It's not. Here, 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 let me let me jump in here for a second. Um, Here's where my problem is, Owen. The government. Are you both still there? I'm here because it got really quiet. quiet. Yeah, Yeah. I got really quiet there. That was cool. Here's my problem. Too many people, American. Germans, French, Mexican, I don't care where they're from. It seems to be accepted nowadays for people to give up their civil liberties, unreasonable search and seizures, strip searches, blah, 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 in the sake of. Now, we can apply that to air travel. I'm going to give up my right to privacy so I can board this plane. And in doing so, I'm going to let some total stranger Fondle my genitalia. They don't do that. But go ahead. Yes, they do do that. Don't tell no, me they, they don't. don't. I, yes, they I do do that. Search. I went through the Pat search yesterday because I was curious. They don't do that. Don't, my don't boss was went through it two weeks ago, and they completely did it. So who do and I let's believe? Face it, TSA are not known for exactly being consistent. It varies well, depending true. on exactly that's where true. you go and who you get. So, so regardless of what your treatment or what my treatment or somebody I knew, Owen – Americans are more likely, and English and everybody else nowadays, it seems, more likely to give up our civil liberties over X, over safety, where I'm going to give up a little bit of my civil liberties so you can make us a little more safe. I'm going okay, to give so up my rights where, to listen to my content. That line, That's Tim. what I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up my rights to listen to my music on any device I want so the record company can make their profits. Well, no, so, let, so hang on. So where does the profit come in with a TSA? And let's take other ones. You have to wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle. Well, I'm giving up my liberty to not have a – I have to put a seatbelt on when I get in a car. So they're showing – they've shown statistically these things all all save money probably yeah, for insurance companies. So is that insurance that, company yeah, profit? That's a, that's so where do you a, draw that line? That's the question well, there, I don't understand. There is, that line? There, is a, there is a difference. The public uh, will tell you. Yeah. And they're telling yeah, you that's when it comes to air travel right now, they're telling you that up until last week, uh, full body searches of little children is not acceptable. It was one guy that started this. Look, the public outcried over kids having to wear helmets when they rode bikes. 
the public outcried over men and women having to wear helmets when they rode motorcycles. But this I mean, isn't I remember, revealing. I remember that one. Right. The I remember it too. over seatbelt requirements. I remember okay? those too. But this is different. This is evasive. This is some stranger coming up and touching you. I agree. And you know what? I agree. That's completely right. But the only reason that's happening is because these people think, based on some of this very bad information, that standing in front of that machine for two seconds is somehow going to give them a lethal dose of radiation. That's not. That's one of the excuses they're using, but that's not. No, it's not. They're opting out because they don't want to go through a machine that someone else is going to see them naked in. But they don't get seen naked if they could go. See, here's the problem. What the, what, when I it's worked too on this, revealing. this company, I actually wanted the, the view to be put forward to the person standing in the machine. I wanted them to be able to see what the TSA saw. And I, got, I went through these big arguments with the TSA on that, saying, why don't you just show the people standing in it what you can see? Because if they can see it, they'll go through it. Know, then they can have an educated, oh, that's, you're seeing too much, I don't want to go in. Right? Yeah, they don't I mean, do that. And yeah, that's what but, makes the distrust. Okay, the, now, the, now flip the, that the on the other side. Is, yeah, well, let, well, let, hang on a minute. Let's okay. just address that point. The difficulty, Owen, is what you're ignoring is the fact that we all know this stuff gets better over time. That's technology. What what today is a is admittedly a fuzzy, grainy, grey, blobby image that basically you'd have to be some kind of pervert to get your jollies out of. David, let me in correct you. Five, it really, fi- it really if, can strip your clothes off and show yeah, you well, naked. But the, the, point, the point is, in five it. years' time, it will be... It will be good enough that uh, that you know it will be extremely uncomfortable because the resolution will improve and everyone no, 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 will you're, say, you're oh, the re- the they, they, they will say the today. resolution. Well, well that's, they can do it that's, today. That's, that's, that's design, even worse. The design, it, of, it, the design of millimeter wave radar and backscatter X-ray can show you pretty much an outline. The designs of the machines were specifically done not to do that. Okay, well, so what you're telling me is that the TSA, if people have really you know seen what? this, yeah. now they they're adjusting it, them correctly. If they, if they can do it, one day they will do it because that's right. the nature of security, particularly in this po-faced, very uh, kind of, you know, um, uh, security above all else mentality is, well, if I can justify, if there's a possibility of a threat, then I can justify anything to mitigate that threat. So that's the way it's going to go, and that's why people are objecting. It's not because necessarily the, the things are particularly objectionable today, but they know it's the thin end of the wedge. And it's exactly the same with laws and technology in media and copyright and everything. Know I, they know, know that if, if, you give, if you give a corporate company or a, a, a lawmaker sponsored by a corporate company a foothold today, then that becomes the new starting position and the next cycle it gets worse and the next cycle it gets worse and what you have to do is you have to say right at the beginning it's no good having the philosophical debate about whether something is right and wrong after it's been in place for three years or five years or whatever it is because at that point everyone says well it's been in place and nobody's objected or only a few crazies have objected so it must be all right and it moves the goalposts and what you must do is say let's use some intelligence and and mentality and apply all of our constitutional and 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 um, moral feelings about what is right and what is wrong to this thing Right at the very beginning. But I, I argue that that is done. It's just done by people who have different opinions than yours or mine. I, I, or don't, di- or, I, or, or, I don't, don't think it was ever done. I don't think it's ever done. It, it was never done in the music are, industry and copyright. It was never done I, on usage I would of argue, the internet. I would argue that those people think they've actually done that. Okay? Yeah, but no, we they, just they, don't, they we don't But they haven't. They have. But they, but they well, have. have. We just don't agree with them. But where was the public debate? Yeah. They do, there's no public debate. What they right. do is they start with, start with a position saying, this is the end that we want to achieve. 
How do we get there within our legal framework? So are you both suggesting... Wait a minute, let me understand. Hold hold on, let me understand. So you're both suggesting that the, the, the media company should say, hey, guess what? We've come up with this idea that because we think people could copy digital copies using HDMI, so we're going to put copy protection on there so you can't do that. What do you think? That, and, you just, and they should wait like two years to see what people think? No, what, people no they can implement it. Because Here, here's the counter to that argument. Do. No, I'm they, asking they a question. Implement I'm trying this. to understand your point. Yes. No, well, there's a difference between public and private, number one, a government yeah. and... A, a TSA sorry, and no, a record company. I'm going by what you guys said. It right. Should be there should have been open end. debate. Oh, no, open debate. But we it's are just, debating when it comes to the music. You know how? Yeah. I either buy it through iTunes, which, by the way, removed and stripped out the copy protection because of objections by who? Not the no record difference. company. It turns out it made no difference. But that's not the – well, that's my point exactly. It's only exactly the debate how, it, revealed that. that, that that's, that's right. That's the point, Owen. When 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 the music companies first wanted to when when digital distribution first came along, yeah, you had companies like Sony who locked the thing up so tight you couldn't even move from one device to another. You couldn't even play back a, a mini Agreed. disc. Right, you right, recorded right. yourself. I've always had a problem in fair right, fair yeah, use. Right, so okay. I've always had a fair use problem. But but you see, the problem is is that media companies would much rather squash fair use in case that's a hole to to allow you to get to get digital copies made. Right. And so, media companies. They, would and if you look you at pe- if you look at if you look at um, Windows Media Player and the, what Napster became and everything like that, it was DRM'd right up to the eyeballs, and it was completely and utterly restrictive. Apple came along and they said, "Well, here's our media, here's our media player, and yeah, we're going to have DRM on it, but we want to do it differently. We want it less restrictive. We're going to allow five devices. We're going to allow, um, we're going to allow an analog hold via CD. We're going to allow this, that, and the other." And the media companies, because they weren't really, didn't really think it was going to be lucrative, said, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." Now that became the norm, and that was because Apple had put some critical thinking into how DRM and, and there was could be huge outcry with over user a rights. Five. I'm right. sorry. There was huge. Yeah, there, there was there was huge. Right. You know what? It Every, was it was uh, it was a, it was a different position than what the media companies would have given you themselves. And then Apple then went further and put in an open public debate letter that generated much debate. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs actually said, "You know what? We think you could do without this completely, and we think the world would not collapse if you did that. And we'd rather see that. And we think it'd be better for everybody, media companies and consumers, if we did that. And they forced the debate. And they, if it wasn't for that, we would not have DRM-free MP3 today. We would still be in the original position, and probably digital distribution for music would be in a very different place. Now, video is going so through exactly got, the same. I, I argue it got there over different for different reasons. It, it got, got there, there because the record. No, it got there because the record company executives finally went, oh, crap, it's not going to make any difference. We might as well just get the money we can't. Yeah, but, but they well, came to that conclusion public, because of open debate. debate. No, yeah. it came to that conclusion because it was just being copied anyway. The, the public debate, I bet you, had nothing to do with their decision. The, Apple said, look, here's how much money we're giving you. This is what you get. This is what we're doing. Okay, and they I show, think it was public the debate, and the uh, record company said we can't do anything about it anymore. Okay? I, I think yeah, there's I enough. Think the the same with video about, and DVD, and on, Blu-ray. The companies don't give a crap what the public thinks. They've already made that quite clear. Well, that's same true. with the movie companies. They don't care. What they're going to do is they look at the bottom line dollar and say, "Where's the money?" They follow the money. Okay, so Apple showed them that look. People are buying 99-cent songs instead of copying them. There's always going to be some group that's going to copy them. You're not going to stop them. Get the money instead. Because Apple really said, otherwise we're going to find another way to do it. 
Okay, the but, record company said followed the money. They but, didn't give a crap what the users thought. But that I in mean, and of itself, so that in and of itself, was a public debate because they did right. have the same restriction. They had m- more restrictions on Windows Media Player and the Sony stuff than Apple did. And which yeah. one won out in the end? The less well, restrictive. Now, but now- but now you, all the other media have, players have yeah. changed that same way too. So that's right. I, but if you don't have that public debate, Owen, then then they will never change. They will take the the most restrictive, most consumer unfriendly line they can, and if they can get that put into law so that it can never be questioned or changed, then all the better. That's exactly their attitude. So I'm you know, obviously and, and I'm, so I'm playing devil's advocate need, here to you guys. Yeah, but, you know, but we need because to I have tend to agree public, with you. Yeah, I know, and that's why that I wanted you on the show, Owen. Yeah. But so, but I've been on the other side. I've been a media company. I've worked for them all. I've built DRM. I'm sorry to say, you know, I've had a, when I was in cable and digital television, I helped invent some of these things that prevent you from quote copying. I find them all ridiculously stupid. Okay, I, you know that was. I guess that makes me a whore. I'll build them because someone paid me to build them because it makes the media companies happier. Okay, it doesn't change anything. I I, I always tell the funny stories of, of that. So when we digitized content for digital distribution on cable systems, we had a big digital encoding suite. Most of the companies would just FedEx us a, a digital copy in an envelope. Disney sent them by armored truck. Okay, that's how scared they are. Okay, we had to sign them in. We had to sign them out. They had to have these couriers pick them up in their armored vehicles and carry these digital copies. Not understanding that once we had made a digital copy of it for distribution, it could go anywhere, and they had no clue what that really meant. They protected yeah. that tape. Okay. Well, they just don't get it. This is an educational. It, it is an educational thing, but the point is the public debate debate influences the education not only of the consumer but also of the companies concerned. And, and my, TSA, by the way, let me a good example. Yep. Because you know, as my argument said, is, the public debate is uneducated. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't sure matter. matter. No, it doesn't, it because doesn't. it's the public that has to live with it. No, the, the media companies have done the same thing. This, this, I'm sorry, this wacko has done, who, went, who refused to be patted down and made this big video. He's, he's propagated a bunch of information that is not true, and the public outcry goes on false information. Okay? The media matter. companies do the exact same thing. Sometimes sure it yeah, sometimes Owen, the ends, sometimes the ends justify the means. Sometimes the the point, the fundamental point, is important enough that actually the minutiae of the facts don't really matter. TSA is a good example, and DRM on video and music is another one. No, you've I'll just give you a bad you've example. Just, you, I'll no, give you a bad you, example. You, no, hang on a minute. Just, no, hang on. Let me let me just make my point. You've just demonstrated from what you said about your experience in, in, in the industry that the industry doesn't understand that all their security no. doesn't mean a crowd. Yeah? TSA doesn't understand that all the security doesn't mean a crap. That's right. Actually, the it only it way, no, it doesn't. The, uh, no, it, it does doesn't. In a way they, you guys they, are not accounting for. T, no, TSA is, TSA is defending last year's bomb plot, right? And what's happened is the terrorists are planning next year's bomb plot. That's Just right. in the same way that, that media DRM is protecting, is protecting against last year's theft, whereas, in fact, the pirates are already well ahead of it. The point, the, the point, the point the corporates need to understand is that you can't beat this with technology. You need to beat it with, with knowledge and with understanding and understanding. And of I what think you're missing a knowledge point. The people, TSA does not, is not helping the people who have the knowledge that it's not, that this stuff they do doesn't help. It handles most of the people who don't outcry over the extremes. 
that feel more comfortable because they think everybody's being scanned. Ninety percent of the people who get on a plane feel more comfortable because all that stuff no, is there. TSA That's the reason for TSA. TSA shouldn't be there to make people comfortable, and that's exactly what, TSA, what they should be. For. And t- no, TSA no. are not meant to be there to, to make people that's comfortable. Right. They're spending they're all these billions money. of dollars to try and protect people, and they're not doing it properly because they're trying to chase last year's problem. How do you problem. know that? But how do you know that? How do we know? And and I, I actually know some of this that I'm not allowed to talk about. How do you know how much TSA has stopped? We well, don't know. Okay, but here, everything that we've described that the TSA is doing. How does that stop one loony in a field on the approach vector at O'Hare at O'Hara International Airport who somehow got his hands on a 1980s Russian SAM? Well, you yeah. make a very good point, Tim. The point, the argument if somebody is, wants to take so down wait, an airplane, they can. You just made the point, Tim. No, no matter I didn't. What you Listen. Do in technology, no. no matter what you do in technology, there is a way to circumvent it. Exactly, okay. and it that's applies, my point. across now, the board. Now, okay. shut up and let me talk. Shut up. You both have been talking for a long time. Let me talk for once. My point is when people have to constantly give up our civil liberties – and we never get them back. Don't forget, once you give up a civil liberty, you never get that back. If we keep getting giving up our civil liberties in the name of safety, we don't deserve the safety that we're promised that we don't get anyways. Because you can never keep... Didn't Ben Franklin say that? Yes, he did. You can never get true safety. And does anybody really want to live in a world full of just Nerf buildings and Nerf cars and no one ever gets hurt and everything is completely risk-free? Sounds kind of like a boring, boring life to me. And and so my point is, and I didn't mean to snap at you guys. No, no. uh, But my point is I'm tired of uneducated people completely giving up civil liberties always for the greater good when the greater good is dubious at best. That's really where my problems are when it comes to DRM. But do we know? The court's making – well, that's another debate in and of itself. Do we we truly know that giving up those liberties has made a change? Either way. Either way. Has putting DRM – it's a question for you. Look, we already we all agree the people on the edge are going to circumvent it. It's not going to make any difference. Right. So the so only people that's going to hurt is TSA the actual consumers. The well, the only people on, that the, let the let security. Let me finish my question to you. So so security is not going to stop the extreme on the end. Right. We agree. Okay. It's not going to stop them copying digital media. It's not going to stop them copying movies. It's not going to stop them shooting a ground rocket at a plane if they, that's what they really want to do. Yep. Okay. We agree with that. Yep. However, has it stopped anything in the middle? Has it stopped the average guy? You know, they always used to say, I will go back to say, why do you put a lock on your front door? Okay? The extreme guy is going to come through that front door and going and gonna to bust it down and steal your stuff anyway. Okay? So you, why do you put a lock there? It's the same argument. You put it there because it keeps the average Joe guy who's not the extreme from walking into your house and stealing stuff because he might. But, but here, right. but I don't know. Okay, I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But here's, here's the flip side of that. As long as I don't have to give up my civil liberties, no problem. But if I have to give up my civil liberties so you can lock your door so the average guy can't walk in and walk off with your TV, you see what I'm saying? 
Maybe yeah. I might argue I do. Now I, you know, I yeah. can't leave my and, doors and, and windows open. I mean, I might, I'm not free to come and go as I'd like. I could argue that because <laughs> because I had to give up something for the safety of my house, right? Right. So That's I did right. give up something. The scope is smaller, and I made that example because it it just it's, it's a ridiculous example to say there's always something you give up in the name of something else, but and it really about, only protects against the general population. It doesn't. But it's about proportionality. You could have a hundred percent exactly. Uh, you'd have a zero burglary rate if you had an armed guard in every corner. That's right. right. But nobody wants to. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody wants to live in a police state in a democratic society. That would be a society. problem. And you. Exactly. Yeah, and you. You argue, uh, Owen, about about you know the debate being uneducated. The issue I have, I don't blame your general man in the street, a non-expert, for getting the facts wrong. I don't blame even blame, blame them for either. being for being for being fooled by people who who maybe themselves don't understand the facts but have a louder voice. What I do blame are people in a position to make these decisions who either don't bother to to get the proper facts or they know full well what the proper facts are and ignore them anyway because it suits their political convenience. And that we agree. And, that point and, I, we and agree. unfortunately, I think I think the issue with the corporates in the media industry and with the people who make TSA decisions and a whole load of other things in life unfortunately we're in a position now where those people they know full well what the pros and cons are but they decide it's not expedient for monetary or political reasons for them to actually act on them and do the right thing <laughs> and that's that's what we've lost in this. that's what we've lost yes. in this, on this planet. i agree with you, I you agree know, with and you. last 30 years it's completely gone down the pan as far as i'm concerned well with you know, that we have- let me ask you both a question <laughs> does it feel like we've been talking for an hour no wow so, bring it on so that was right, Tech Fan. Hour and two minutes. <laughs> that that was Tech Fan for this week. Of course, well, well, is it all about technology? And it's not always about technology, but we try to weave it in and out of what we're talking about. Um, I don't even know how to write the show notes up for this one, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it we all be, argue. We all argue, <laughs> and Tim loses and tells everyone to shut up at one point. <laughs> you, you know, we needed that, Tim. Yeah, we, well, it, it does get very emotional, and. Uh, you know, that's what I like about podcasting and this show in particular because we're not just in this very small corner. We're in a pretty large sandbox when it comes to technology. And uh, that's why I wanted to call the show Tech Fan. Yeah. And speaking of civil liberties, we live in a country that lets us do this. Well, absolutely. And that's As so does David. Yeah, yeah, we, we, so we, David. Yeah, we that, that, that is That is an important point. We are, we are kind of... Um, and I think it is important to remember that that we are we are quibbling over the um, the organization <laughs> of uh, paradise. But I, yes, <laughs> that's how some people live. But that's how we keep it in paradise. Absolutely, that, you know. Yeah, and I think it's important for not just us to debate it here, and not just on these subjects for people all over the world to continuously question authority. But and, get the facts and first. Get the, make well, sure you know. Make sure you're educated on what you're questioning. Absolutely. And know why you're arguing. You know, it, don't argue over things that aren't worth. Absolutely. Aren't worth the time. Make your point reasonable. Okay. I, I mean, I can agree why people are upset in TSA. It's a reason, but get the facts. White people, right? or why? Why people? I know. People, I know. Yeah, white, white people white don't people. get scanned, right? Goddamn white people. <laughs> So we'll get scanned. That's right. right. So we're going to wrap up this show. Hopefully, uh, I don't know how many of you guys listen to Geekiest Show ever. Hopefully, Chad and I will get together and do one of those soon because I'm dying to do a Geekiest Show ever. And uh, I might have I to do I want to be there, too. You know, I, you know, I might have to just go ahead and re- start recording them again. Uh, and ho- hopefully, Chad can join me, if not for every episode, every couple episodes. I want to do... 
Bet you David would stand in. Oh, I know he would. Um, <laughs> I, I want to do a geekiest show ever next on favorite buddy movies. Each person mm-hmm. picks like their, yeah, you know, Starsky and Hutch or. Oh, oh, oh got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant a movie I wanted to go see with my buddy. Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope, nobody wants to know that one. <laughs> but everyone picks like three of their favorite buddy movies, and then we just kind of compile it in a big list and go for it. I think that would be fun. God, that's geeky. That's hence the name. <laughs> Geekiest show ever. But thanks for listening to uh, Tech Fan this week, everyone. We'd love to get your feedback on what we just talked about or any other subject. Simply send feedback to feedback at mymac.com. I know that's uh, it's a hard one to remember. Uh, we have an 800 or uh, 801 number. I don't remember what it is offhand, so I'm not even going to bother to read it back because I, I just don't remember. You know what? <laughs> After, and, but with saying that, now I have to look it up because I'm like, well, I'm going to tell people I don't care. Well, I do. That's the thing. I want people to call that number and leave a message. I just I wasn't prepared. But you can edit it in later. I could, but I'm lazy, so I probably <laughs> won't. Um, is your website not responding here today? Uh, well, my Mac? Yeah. Yeah, it just loaded for me just fine. We've probably probably just been taken down by the FBI. Uh, well, the FCC. <laughs> or somebody put DRM on it, and I don't That's have right. the right to read it. Uh, here is the number. It's 801-938-5559. Of course, if you're calling from outside the United States, it's 1-801-938-5559. And, of and course, are not they're not by. standing by, but you'll hear my uh, my voice. I got a, an email from... Um, OWC that says, hey, you know, if you call that number, you still say OWC radio on there? They thought it was their number. <laughs> and I said, no, that's that was my phone number. I brought it to the show, and guess what? I'm taking it back. So I'm still glad that that show has continued after me, though. You know, when you create something and it, and it just dies with when you stop doing it, that's kind of a bummer. But when it continues after you and grows and, and morphs into something else, that's when you feel like you accomplished something, if that makes sense. Owen Rubin, thank you very much for being on this week, man. Appreciate oh, it's it. Fun. It's fun. I love playing the other side of an argument. I do, too. I usually am the one that plays that because I'll, I'll kind of sit in the middle between the two guests, but uh, I just couldn't do it this week. David Cohen? <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to say I'm very tired now. Yes. It does. It wears you down, doesn't it? Those well, thank discuss- you, David. I appreciated the and, debate. And, you know? and, you know, here's something else that the listeners out there probably don't know. We had literally 10 minutes of prep time, if that for the subject. So everything you just heard was completely off the cuff. Nobody wrote yeah, down their since, points. Especially since I just woke up before this. Point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I called Owen. I'm like, you want to be on a high? Hold on a minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? What do you want? Um, so that was all off the cuff. That was not rehearsed. Nobody had little indexes cards with the topics that they wanted to touch on this much broader subject. So Yes, Tim, we did you, this exactly as it was supposed to be done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, did, I read, did I read that right? Sorry. Uh, Hold on. We, we've, we've, got, we've got Glenn Beck as a guest next week. Yes, we? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because that, that would be a fun one. Um, actually, I would love to have Glenn Beck on, but... I would have to put the explicit tag in, and I don't want to do that. So just, just I, I just wonder with him how much of it is an act and how much of it is him. Uh, I would say probably ninety-five percent act and five percent him, but who knows? You so how easy it was to switch on? Oh, it's, it's a skill. Let's be honest, it's a skill. So hopefully you guys are listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, check out Geekiest Show Ever. We also have Sam Levin doing App Minute, and of course Tech Fan. We'll see you in a week. Bye. <laughs>